Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, 26th of October, and I'm just going to repeat something I wrote in the weekend email from November the 9th, which is a Saturday. I'm going to be launching the Marcus Spy section, SPI, Strategy, Portfolios and Ideas section. It is clear that whilst the Marcus Today section has been a good development, pulling in broker stuff, ideas, announcements, It's hiding the stuff I'm writing and people want a go-to spot to read strategy and the main ideas of the day and they don't want to have to read the whole newsletter to get it. So November the 9th, the Marcus Spy section, I quite, Henry and I quite like the name. It has overtones of MI5. Henry's a massive James Bond fan, can't say I am uninterested myself. And within that section, it'll be my section, within that section we are shrugging off the SMA portfolios and it is freedom day for me where I can do what I like with the portfolios without being beholden to the SMA processes, structures, committee and oversight and will instead be able to do more aggressive things in the newsletter portfolio. So we're going to have an income portfolio and a growth portfolio. Though Both those portfolios are going to be based on long-term picks. They're going to take into account quality and value more than momentum. They are not expected to be trading portfolios. They should suit some of you who are interested in a bit of a, not so much set and forget, but a bit of a set and manage portfolio rather than constantly trading and I'll launch those they won't be necessarily hugely different from the current SMA portfolios I'll keep running them on the same system but doubtless there will be some ins and outs and then on a daily basis there will be more activity I'm also going to put into the Marcus spy section SPI section a maverick portfolio which I realize has the acronym MP appropriately enough But the idea is that we can put any idea in there. It's not really a portfolio. It's more a collection of ideas. And we'll put any sort of idea in there. Any time frame, any stock, any size. I will doubtless qualify their quality and the expected time frame and maybe the risk involved. They obviously won't suit everybody. But we need a place where I can put in short-term ideas, small stock picks, although hopefully I won't tread on Henry's toes. Anything goes from responsible quality stock picks to irresponsible trades. And I've got a couple of those for you today as well. If I'd started the Maverick portfolio, the MP portfolio, I would have added a couple of stocks today. We'll get to those in a minute. So that is the update on this section. Marcus today's section will include ideas from the team, announcements, news, anything else we want to put in there. And the Marcus spy section will include updates on the portfolios, updates on strategy, any new ideas in the Maverick portfolio. Sometimes there may, of course, be no changes, but that is all some people want to read on the day. And best we put that in one section. Tom will also be contributing to that section, helping with the portfolios, bit of a joint effort. But it will be the one-stop shop for the longer-term investor amongst our membership. 
we look forward to that as i say november the 9th with the section starting the week after but november the 9th i'll launch it right i've done a strategy section in the marcus today section today perhaps i should have pulled that out separately have a read of the strategy section i won't go through it all but i point out there that the u.s market's on a record high it's not actually overbought but it has blown through the top of the post gfc trading range courtesy of technology stocks mostly everyone's been stuck in front of a pc and financials cheap money being invested in financial asset classes so technically way out the top on the us our market isn't way out the top it's just top of the trading range have a look at the charts on one of the other measures that supposed buffett inspired indicator that relates equity gdp to sorry equity market caps to gdp if you look at the u.s market cap of the s p 500 so the size of the stock market compared to the size of u.s gdp in dollars then have a look at that chart in the strategy piece we've done it before but it's at the highest level ever and 23 percent above where it was in the tech boom so we are hanging it out there at the moment or the US is anyway. I also point out the growth in FANGs. FANGs have gone for, from $3.76 trillion to $8.32 trillion, up 220% or up 120%, more like since the bottom of the pandemic. There's a chart in the Marcus Today section, and that clearly is where the driver for the market has come from. Then I've looked at some individual store, looked at the PE of the market. The PE of the market is actually coming off quite significantly in Australia because we are suddenly looking at the PE. PEs are difficult to calculate. You can't really say that there is a market PE. It depends on what data it's based on. But the data stream PE, let's put it that way, which is the one that comes off Reuters, puts us on a PE of 19.68 times, which is a lot lower than the near 30 times it got to in the middle of the pandemic. And that of course was because earnings absolutely cratered so the PE shot up and now earnings are recovering the PE's shot down again so it's definitely been a blip and the US PE is actually coming off the top 26 times at the moment at one point there it was about 33 times so the message there is that earnings are beginning to recover and the PE is dropping and I've looked at some individual stocks as well Apple Amazon Netflix and remarkably although their share prices are going up have gone up have shot up their PEs have gone down because earnings are outstripping the share prices and that's an interesting observation if earnings are rising faster than the share price then these stocks are actually getting cheaper in which case even though the share prices are on record highs there isn't a problem if we look at the Australian PEs on the same basis I've just done a few few stocks BHP Rio Fortescue their PEs as well are a multi-year lows because their earnings have done so fabulously on the back of the iron ore price of course that's going to change with the iron ore price having come off their PEs will go up again but you can see that the iron ore stocks look cheap meanwhile our industrials have been getting more expensive average PE on the CBA for the last five years is 15.6 times it's currently 20 times so getting more expensive on the national bank average PE 13 times it's 15.3 times a little bit more expensive but Woolworths the average is 21 times it's now 30.2 times so some of our big industrial stocks have got significantly more expensive whilst our resources stocks are looking cheap of course until you factor in the iron ore price fall and lower your earnings numbers 
whatever. Swings and roundabouts, bits going on. But the message was that earnings, especially in technology stocks in the US, have justified some of those share prices. So the summary for you is technically we're still in a bull market. We're nearer the top of the trading range in Australia than the bottom. We have blown out the top on the US market. The US market's looking vulnerable to any event. There doesn't appear to be a catalyst for a sell-off for now. So investors relax until notified otherwise. And sentiment, which dropped to a 4 out of 10 in September with that little correction, is back to 7 out of 10 at the moment. High sentiment is required in order for us nuffs to generate unjustified exuberance, an essential ingredient for short-term trading success. Sentiment is still improving at the moment in the short term. So traders, keep playing the game, but keep your eye on the market. I've also looked at some of the catalysts for a potential sell-off. We've got an FOMC meeting on November the 2nd and 3rd. That is likely to announce tapering and talk about higher interest rates. That could be a catalyst for the market just deciding that's enough whilst it trades on record highs. An inflation breakout in the US wouldn't be good or anywhere really. A weaker US jobs market than expected, which would be a sign of US growth slowing. That wouldn't be good. Evergrande blowing up again, although the stock's up 13% in a week having relisted last week. It seems the market is relaxing about the Evergrande situation. If we saw a material Chinese growth slowdown, that would upset the markets. Or we saw a new Delta variant, it'll probably be an Epsilon variant, but some sort of development on the coronavirus front that renders vaccines ineffective wouldn't be good but this is this will be the almost certainly be the actual factor that kills the market and that is someone in a big skyscraper in new york london or shanghai or somewhere else some big fund manager some big investment bank for their own reasons which we can but guess decides that the time has come to move money from equities to bonds and the whole herd notices a sell-off in equities follows it it all cascades the market drops its pants and that is what will actually cause the top of the market for some ethereal reason a fund manager comes up with. And the hilarious part of that is they may not even be right, but at these sort of levels, especially in the US, it's not going to take much to turn the herd. But for now, as I say, investors relax until notified. Otherwise, traders keep playing the game. Keep your eye on the market. I've written as well in the strategy piece today a secret thought, which is something everybody says around the pub table if we're allowed in the pubs. I think we are again. But it's the idea that the big one is coming, a big correction at some time, but it may not be in my lifetime or your lifetime, and we need not worry about it until it starts, and it hasn't started yet. And what is the big one? Well, the big one is the price that surely we have to pay for endlessly printing money since the GFC and, su- and supporting financial markets as a priority. It's a trap that the world's central banks have fallen into. They have become the protectorates of all things financial and it's contrary to all market laws. One day, something is going to happen. Maybe a politician or a central banker or some influential herd member or leader or Buffett-esque type character will come along and say, that's enough 
and the big one will happen. And all those property prices will follow the equity prices and it'll be a fabulous opportunity. You don't need to worry about it. We'll be writing about anything that looks even remotely like it before it happens. For now, relax. Right, one idea today. This is something I would add to the Maverick portfolio if we were running it at the moment, which is the irresponsible ideas portfolio is three barking dogs, Crown, Star Entertainment and Sky City. You may have seen there's been an announcement today that the Victoria Royal Commission have recommended that Crown's Melbourne operation be allowed to operate with a license for the next two years under the watchful eye of an independent special manager, special, woo, to be appointed to oversee them and that the license be cancelled if the regulator is not clearly satisfied, in inverted commas, the operator is suitable to hold a casino license at the end of that period. If Crown Casino can't, in two years, stop laundering money and convince the independent special manager that they are responsible enough to hold a license, then they are utter idiots. And of course, they are not utter idiots. So this is like a slap on the wrist, a small slap on the wrist. And it reads as if, I'm sure there's more detail to come, but it reads as if Crown is back in business. It's also a classic reopening trade, not something Warren Buffett disciples would go and buy. So it doesn't get the quality ticker, but I think if I was running the irresponsible ideas portfolio, I'd be adding Crown today and Star Entertainment's been struggling with the same issues. But if this is the blueprint for regulation or non-regulation, then they won't have to worry about it much either. They're up 6% today. And on top of that, as I say, it's a reopening trade. The casinos are going to come back like a train when they reopen. One of our members emailed today suggesting that someone working in Star Casino, Star Entertainment, had seen a massive turnover in their first couple of days after lockdown. And that is obvious. Yes, of course, that's happening. So some of these stocks have been under a cloud. There are probably a few other stocks as well that are going to come back like a train. So there you go. Barking dog ideas today. Crown, SGR and SKC. Finally, I've done a bit of an update on Poseidon Nickel. POS for POS followers. Go and have a look at the Marcus Today section. They had a bit of a disappointing drilling result yesterday, but they've got a golden resource announcement coming up sometime this week. Last week in October, they say. And otherwise, the drilling in the Southern Terrace wasn't critical to their restart. They're looking to get their mill restarted by December next year. Scoping study by the end of this year. Feasibility study by second quarter of next year. More drilling to come and we've got Glasgow COP26 coming up, which is going to continue to focus everybody on the future commodities of uranium, lithium, nickel, copper, electrification, and all those themes. And POS is ultimately highly correlated to the nickel price, so still positive on that. I am, of course, biased. I do hold the stock PA, personal account, that's called. As I leave you, SPY futures up 49, our market up 17, bit dead in the water really. Gambling stocks hot to trot, lithium stocks hot to trot, APT having a good day after a 3.5% rise in the Square Inc. share price in the US. Actually, I say lithium having a good day, lithium having a fabulous day today. Mineral resources, bit of an oddity today, down 7% on a quarterly production report for iron ore and lithium. That's about that. You have a fabulous day and I will speak to you tomorrow.